Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, Darren Mitchell here, and welcome back to another episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust you've had a really highly productive week and uh, looking forward to another weekend where you can rest, recuperate, re-energize, and get ready to reload yet again for another week in sales next week. Hey, in today's episode, I want to talk about a topic that is near and dear to my heart because I've spent a lot of time with teams and certainly with leaders in this particular area, and it's an it's a skill set or a capability that I think most leaders can certainly fine-tune, and if not in many cases, completely overhaul to improve their ability to influence and certainly get the message across and actively encourage uh, people to take action that they want to take. And this is this is the thing of, it's not so much presenting, but it's pitching. Uh, we talk about pitching or influencing. Now, I use those interchangeably, but essentially, when you're sitting down with a team, sitting down with an individual key stakeholder, and you are having a conversation, you're wanting them to do something, uh, you're trying to incent them to move forward, you're trying to influence them to take a piece of action or sign off on a certain thing, you're going to be influencing them or you're going to be pitching them on that idea. Now, one of the things I want to get really clear here, this is not about convincing them. Now, a lot of people will think, I've got to sit down and convince my team to do this or I've got to convince my sales leader to do that or my sales directors to do this. I've got to convince my customer to take a certain amount of action. Well, probably in its truest form, you are convincing people because um, people will only take action if they are moved to take action. And part of this is to invoke a level of emotion within that person in order to the point where they want to take action. But I want to remove the reference to convincing because sometimes it can bring up connotations on, on convincing somebody to do something potentially against their will. And this is not what we're about and certainly not how we can be exceptional when it comes to a sales leadership and certainly when it comes to having an exceptional sales team that can deliver results but also do it in, a, in an authentic way and, and in a way that's filled with integrity. So it's not about convincing people, convincing teams to do things that they don't want to do, but it is about influencing them to take a positive step forward to the point where they want to take a step forward and they're happy to take that step forward, which means we need to get really good at improving our influencing skills and our pitching skills. It's uh, it's something that I've seen a lot of leaders over the journey, uh, for the ones that really focus on this and really double down on it and work hard on it, they can become really, really exceptional when it comes to pitching ideas, pitching services, pitching products. But it's um, many, though, simply wing it. And unfortunately, when those that wing it, wing it, whether it be teams or whether it be sales leaders, uh, often the results they get are inconsistent and they wonder why they're not getting those results. And it's very, very simple because they're not following a process. Now, there are some things that we can put in place. There are some steps that we can take in order for us to, first of all, increase our level of confidence, but also in the process, increase our level of competence when it comes to pitching or when it comes to influencing. Now, I talked last week about the confidence competence loop, and this is a clear example of how this works when it comes to trying to influence a group influence people to take action. And so when it comes to any sort of a pitch, and I was having a conversation yesterday with a client who was looking for some assistance on how to best influence some key stakeholders within his organization. And so we talked through a couple of high-level ideas, and we'll go through a bit more detail next week when we catch up. But I wanted to give um, the, the podcast listeners today a bit of a an insight in terms of some of the things that we can do, whether it be 
as a sales leader trying to influence our team to do something or as a sales leader trying to influence our senior leadership group to sign off on a particular strategy or in fact if we want to influence a customer to take a certain piece of action these are some steps that we can follow and if we can build some consistency over time the results will be absolutely staggering i can guarantee it hand on heart 100 percent for those that actually work the system and work the process and actually consistently put this in place they actually are the ones that deliver the results time and time and time and time again. So this is this is an age-old uh, practice, and the ones that do it well will get the results. Now, uh, with that, there's a couple of key things that we need to talk about. First of all, and and one of the things I've seen a lot is too many too many sales leaders, I guess, go into situations. And I'll talk about sales leaders first of all, and then we'll sort of refer this back to teams as well. Uh, too many sales leaders go into situations with not enough thought into the planning and they don't do any what if sort of scenario planning to think about well if I say this or put this on the table what sort of questions or what sort of comments may I get back from the audience and have I prepared for those sort of bits of feedback so I can actually uh, adjust my style along the way Uh, too many of them just go in really one-dimensional and saying I've got to get them to convince I've got to convince them to take this piece of action and there's no other alternative to that. Now, I'm not saying that you have to come up with multiple different alternatives in terms of your, your strategy or tactics, but what I am saying, though, is in the planning, we've really got to sit down and think about, well, what are some things that potentially could come up in this conversation that I need to be aware of, that if they do happen to come up in that conversation, at least I'm prepared to be able to answer it or at least acknowledge it and then go away and perhaps come back and and recalibrate and then reload later on. Um, But too many go straight into the, let's just wing it and see what happens and hoping that their charisma or their gravitas will take them across the line. And it very, very rarely works. It certainly, well, it might work every now and then. You might uh, might be lucky to catch lightning in the bottle. But uh, in most cases, it's planning that will actually deliver the result. So when it comes to planning, there are three core things that really everybody should be thinking about. And this goes for sales leaders, but also, as I said before, it goes for teams as well. Um, Too many sales teams also go into customer interactions, customer presentations with not enough uh, practice and certainly not enough planning. They'll go in thinking we've got the best product and we'll just we've got a great relationship, so we'll just wing it and we'll we'll see what happens and hopefully hope for the best. It doesn't work. You've got to stack the odds in your favor. So one of the key ways to do that is to make sure we're planning appropriately. And there are three core things that we need to do and need to be really conscious of when it comes to planning. First one and the, probably the most important one is we've got to actually understand who it is that we're going to be having a conversation with. So this is all about understanding the people or the audience that you're going to be presenting to or having a conversation with. Now, if this is just one person, it's a little bit easier because you can then delve into, do some research on what makes them tick. You might actually have access to a profile, whether it be a a disc profile or whatever, so you can understand what their sort of behavior style is. But if you know them quite well, you'll also know what some of their idiosyncrasies are, what they like to hear and what they don't like to hear. So doing this, first of all, is it enables you to understand, well, who, who's actually going to be in the, in the room? Who's going to be there being receptive to the message? And how do they like to receive information? If, for example, you've got somebody who just wants the, I guess, the bottom line and really high-level overview, and you're going in with all these detailed analysis and, and great pictures and maybe videos and flowcharts and all this sort of stuff, it stands to reason that you're going to bore the hell out of that person very, very quickly. And chances are your percentage of 
of winning, uh, or winning, the, winning the day or winning, the, uh, winning their, their approval is going to be diminished because you haven't thought about what they like in terms of how to present information. So the first key thing around this is we've got to sit down and think about, okay, who are the people I'm going to be having a conversation with? What makes them tick? How do they like to be communicated with? What don't they like? And you can start then planning the messaging around the people that are going to be in the room. So doing this analysis up front gives you a really, really solid foundation from which to build your pitch, your idea, your presentation, whether it be in a PowerPoint or just a conversation. The second thing is you've based on that, you've got to then understand and, and identify, okay, what is the objective of this pitch? What's the What's the purpose of having this presentation? What is it that I want them to do? Now, within that, there are three key things that we need to be really conscious of. And the first one is, okay, the people that I'm presenting to, if I, if we at the end of that have a really successful outcome and we get the sign-off that we want or we get them to take the action that we want, there are going to be three things that we link, that will be linked to that objective that you would have actually ticked off each of these. And this, these are what they are. First thing is, how do you want this audience or how do you want this person or these people to think? Now, this is an intellectual thing. How do you want them to think? Do you want them to think that this, this particular idea is the best idea they've ever seen? Do you want them to think that there's a high level of confidence that with this idea, with his tactic, with his strategy, we can actually move the business forward and, and bring on a whole heap of new customers? Whatever the case might be, what is it that you want them to think? The second thing is, how do you want them to feel? And this is really, really important because understand from a psychological point of view, people won't make any decisions or take any affirmative action until there's an emotion attached to that and they feel compelled in order to move forward. Now, sometimes people will move forward based on moving towards something that's going to be pleasurable. So they will move towards like a positive goal. But a lot of the time, people will make a move forward because they want to avoid something. So they want to avoid stepping in pain. So whatever the case is for you in terms of the pitch or the idea you're trying to create and get influence in, then think about how is it that you want your audience to feel in order for them to feel compelled to want to move forward. And the third part is part of the objective is what do you want them therefore to do? What specific piece of action is it that you want them to do? And I see this so many times that people go into pictures or presentations and they think about oh, all the PowerPoint decks and all the beautiful colors and fonts and all that sort of stuff, but they forget to be really, really granular on what is the specific piece of action that they want that audience, that person to take. So what is the call to action? And many people forget that or they neglect it or they're not specific enough on it. So the third element there is around the objective is what do you want your audience, what do you want that person to specifically do? Once you're identified that, then you can start building the information around the uh, the content, if you like, that will then formulate the pitch or the idea or the presentation you're going to do. And that leads to the third key part when it comes to the planning is based on your objective of the presentation, based on the action that you want them to take, you now got to start to research, okay, what information do I need to put into this particular presentation so that I can maximize the opportunity for this to have a great outcome for everybody. Now, this may mean you'll have to take some information out. So this is about less is more. Keep it simple. And I always say keep it, keep it down to two or three key points uh, because that way people can more readily understand it. They can recall it and they can do something with it. So do your research and really think about, okay, what specific information do I need to include in this presentation to maximize the opportunity of getting the outcome, outcome that I want. And everything else, discard it. It may well be you can have a separate document if you need to. There may well be there'll be some questions that may require you to then provide more information. But in the pitch itself, keep it really, really simple and keep it to no more than two to three key messages. 
So there's three key things to do when it comes to planning for your pitch or planning for your presentation. Now, if, you, if we swap gears now and say, okay, we're actually in the presentation itself, we're actually delivering this now, there's no point us just, just talking. We've got to be really specific and really strategic in how we actually pitch this particular message, and it has to be persuasive because we need to remember that in order for people to do something, they have to be uh, emotionally involved, and therefore we have to tap into something that will enable them to get emotionally involved and therefore take the action that we want to take, want them to take. So there, there needs to be a persuasive message involved. Now, uh, with persuasiveness, there's three key things. Now, obviously, it stands to reason that we're going to make a recommendation. We're going to tell them what it is that we want them to do. And so there will be a recommendation of some sorts. But the thing we've got to remember is when we're delivering this, we've got to make it in, in such a language that it's not so much based on what we, what we want them to do. We've got to put it in a language that they understand is going to be a benefit to them. And so we've always got to be asking ourselves the question, whether it be a product, whether it be a service, whether it be a, an idea, it's not about us. We have to take what, yes, we want them to take our product, our service, etc. but we've got to put it in a language that resonates with them and makes them want to take action, which needs means there has to be something in it for them. So we've got to always talk about and think about what is going to be the benefit or the impact to them, always what's in it for them. And when, it, when it's all said and done, there's going to be five key categories that uh, no matter what sort of benefit you put on the table, it'll always come into one of these five categories. And the first one is, is it going to make them money? Now, if it's going to make them money, then chances are they'll stand up and listen. The next one is potentially is going to also save them money. So a lot of organizations and a lot of companies will make decisions based on the ability for them to save money. Sometimes the third one might even be that they can save some time. So it may well be that a pitch you're putting in place will enable you to drive some efficiencies in, in, the, in the sales process or the follow-up process, whatever the case might be, or the product you're putting in place may actually enable your customer to save a bucket load of time, in which case that's a definitive benefit to them. The last two is potentially this product or this service or this idea may actually help us improve the image or the reputation or the profile of our customer or our key audience member. And if that's the case, that may well be enough for them to say, yep, let's tick this off, we're happy to move forward. And the final one is a lot of organizations and a lot of uh, people tend to make decisions based on reducing the risk or minimizing risk and increasing levels of comfort. So they get to feel good about a decision. They get to feel good about the result that the product or a service will bring to them. So there are five key benefit categories that you think can think about and build your pitch around that so that it can touch on one or more of those particular categories and develop, develop and deliver the benefits to your audience so that you increase the chance of them signing off and saying yes. So will it make money? Will it save money? Will it save time? Will it increase their image and make them look good? Or will it reduce risk, increase levels of comfort and therefore make them feel good? And so they're the key benefits you always need to think about when it comes to pitching anything to anybody. But the last piece of the puzzle, which is really important, is you've got to actually also back that up with some evidence or some proof because the proof is always going to be the eye, in the eye of the beholder and what you don't necessarily know is what sort of level of proof that person or that organization needs in order to feel comfortable about making a decision. So you need to back it up with evidence. Now, there's a whole host of different types of evidence you can bring to the table and here's just a few to consider. You might actually consider what are some irrefutable facts about the product service or the situation you're actually pitching on that will enable you to put that in as support, as supporting evidence to the benefits that you're going to deliver based on the recommendation that you're making. So there might be some irrefutable facts in relation to that. You might use statistics, for example. Statistics may actually can actually be a really great uh, piece of evidence because people tend to believe statistics 
um, more readily than just hearsay, for example. And, and when you allocate something like a um, like a Harvard Business Review or the Commonwealth Bank or some some reputable organisation that has stated a statistic as a way of backing up the comment you're making or the evidence you're providing, sometimes that's enough for them to have credibility in what you say and move forward. And the other couple, just uh, as we finish off, is you might even think about what case studies you can bring to the table or what sort of testimonials you can bring to the table because often that provides a thing called third-party proof that will enable them to look at not just you but take take the word of somebody who's actually gone through the process, maybe taken the product, taken the service, taken the idea and run with it and got a result and they're actually providing some level of case study or testimonial which can be the third-party proof that you just need in order to get that person over the line or to get that organization over the line. So when it comes to pitching, there's, there's so many things we can do but there's so many things that people don't do. And if we want to become a pitching champion, then we need to think about what are the specific things that will move the dial and what will actually stack the odds in my favor to enable us to get the outcome that we're looking for. And so as we wrap up this episode, some key things to think about. It's first of all, you've got to be really, really good at planning. Really consider what the, what the message is going to be, who the audience is you're talking to, what's the objective of the pitch or the presentation, and make sure you do your research and gather the right information that is going to be relevant to that pitch, to that presentation. And then when you do the pitch, make sure it's really persuasive using the recommendation, using the benefit for them, but also backing that up with evidence. Now, when you do that, I guarantee you're going to increase the odds significantly of getting a positive outcome. And the more you do it, the more consistent you're going to be, the higher the level of competence you'll have, and the more you'll get great results. So I trust that message helps. It certainly helped the client that I was working with this week, and I hope that is of service to you as well. And just as a reminder, if you're committed to taking your leadership to the exceptional level, and you know there's another level to get to, and you're committed to doing it, then let's sit down and work one-on-one together and do that over the next 90 days for you. Simply go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com, pick a time, we'll sit down and have a conversation and let's get to work. So with that, I trust you have an absolutely phenomenal day and I look forward to talking to you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.